The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. In the wake of national protests over racial equality and the law, Henrico County has hired its first African-American police chief. Charles Fishburne reports. Those protests erupted in Richmond this summer, but Henrico has been mostly quiet. Still, the new chief says it is time to address the perception across the country that the law is not applied fairly. And I know there's an element where we need to gain trust. Not only gain trust, but we need to maintain trust. And we can only do that through conversation and through collaboration. Eric English is a former criminal justice graduate of the University of Richmond and former deputy chief in Richmond. He is currently chief in Harrisonburg. He will lead a department here of 600 sworn officers in one of the region's more diverse localities. English replaces Chief Umberto Cardinal, who announced his plans to retire in June. Charles Fishburne, VPM News. President Trump is down by double digits to Joe Biden in two recent polls of Virginia voters. As Ben Pavier reports, Democrats plan on using the Republican convention to reinforce what they say are the reasons behind his unpopularity. Virginia Republicans, like Congressman Morgan Griffith, say the convention will highlight President Trump's ability to revive the economy. We've got a COVID issue we've got to try to get through. But the economy was doing great. The economy was going gangbusters. For Democrats like Congressman Donald McEachin, Trump is not to blame for the pandemic itself. But he bears the responsibility for not following the science. He bears the responsibility for any number of Americans dying that didn't have to die. Virginia Democrats will host a series of virtual roundtables this week, highlighting Trump's handling of issues like health care and the economy. The Trump campaign is planning an in-person watch party in Glen Allen for Trump's acceptance speech on Thursday. Ben Pavier, VPM News. One week into reopening, more than 70 people have tested positive for COVID-19 at Virginia Commonwealth University. That's according to official data released by the university Monday. The majority of the students who tested positive are currently in isolation at on-campus housing. City Councilwoman Stephanie Lynch, whose district includes VCU, is calling on the university to lay out a plan to prevent further spread of the virus. I think they've done a good job at controlling for the on-campus environment. Um, but the variable that they cannot control for is the behavior of the gathering that happens off-campus. Lynch says she thinks VCU should move its classes all online for the remainder of the semester. A VCU spokesperson says operational changes would be recommended by the school's task force if cases on campus and the surrounding area went up. The school is providing all students with hand sanitizer, disinfecting spray, and face masks. The fall semester officially started yesterday at J. Sargent Reynolds Community College in Richmond. And online learning isn't the only change many students will experience. Megan Pauley reports on a pilot program that aims to re-envision math instruction. Last fall, about a third of Reynolds students were recommended for remedial math classes, low-level courses designed to help struggling students excel. But Ty Corbin, who recently retired after over 40 years with the college, said these courses are actually holding students back. There's been an awful lot of research conducted into the efficacy of remedial and developmental education, and the findings have largely been consistent that it has not been a particularly effective approach. 
The program will place qualifying high school graduates directly into college-level math courses based on their GPAs and prior math experience instead of placement test scores. The school isn't completely eliminating remedial instruction. Students with lower GPAs will have to enroll in one-semester refresher courses. Megan Polly, VPM News. Those facing financial struggles during the pandemic won't face the risks of having their utilities cut off. The State Corporation Commission is suspending service disconnections for business and residential customers until September 16th. Originally, the freeze was going to end later this month. In a statement Monday, the commission said this extension aims to give the General Assembly more time to enact legislation to address the impacts of COVID-19 on utility customers. With this extension, the moratorium will have been in place for six months. The annual Ultimate Backpack Supply Drive is taking place this week. The charity effort, in partnership with communities in schools, is seeking donations in order to make sure students have the necessary supplies to start the school year. Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, the organization is also seeking to provide packs of personal protective equipment with the back-to-school gear. Those wishing to donate needed supplies, such as backpacks, paper, pens, and pencils, can drop them off at the Diamond between 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. this Wednesday. Last year, 14,000 backpacks were collected for students in Chesterfield, Henrico, and Richmond as part of the event. Rainfall in August is already the second highest on record in the Richmond region. Forecasters in Virginia are watching two Gulf Coast hurricanes to see if they might have enough impact here to put it over the top. Jeff Arock is with the National Weather Service in Wakefield. Um, we'll be looking to see how that moisture moves inland and how far north it makes it and if those systems could potentially bring us uh, some better chances of rain. Forecasters don't think the storms will impact the region, but that could change. Iraq says another inch of rain would break the all-time record for the month. The General Assembly is debating whether to give localities the ability to create civilian review boards with subpoena power. VPM's Roberta Roldan spoke with residents in Charlottesville about the challenges creating their own community oversight of policing without it. Last month, Richmond City Council created a task force for the establishment of a civilian review board. Among other things, a task force will outline how community oversight of policing will work in Richmond. I'm here today with Sarah Burke, a capital defense investigator based in Charlottesville. She was a founding member of Charlottesville Civilian Review Board, which investigates police misconduct. Sarah, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. When you were a member of Charlottesville's board back in 2018, you all were tasked with creating the bylaws around how the board will function. On just a very basic level, what kind of role were you imagining for community oversight of policing? So we wanted to create a model that was a hybrid between an auditor-based model, which was to review policies and practices, and then a civilian board of volunteers representative of the community that could look specifically at complaints against police officers. And so that was what we were looking for, was a really broad scope of oversight so that we weren't being reactive just to complaints against specific police officers, but looking a lot more proactively at what does policing actually look like in our community and what can we do to improve it and make everybody safer. The board didn't actually begin reviewing complaints until earlier this year when it was officially approved by city council. What were some of the criticisms from the community about how the board will operate? So back in 2019, the initial civilian review board proposed uh, a pretty robust model that um, the city council did not accept. And so what they created was something much less 
broad in terms of the abilities that the board has and the new focus of the board, which I didn't agree with, was to be really focused on just civilian complaints against law enforcement officers and less so about the more proactive approach of how we could look at data and documents and policies and do sort of a deeper dive into what's going on within our police department. And so there has been a fair amount of criticism towards the city on behalf of the community saying that the city had us do all of this work for a year and then failed to follow through with what they had committed to, which was that the community itself was going to create the oversight model. Here in Richmond, there's been some back and forth about whether our civilian review board will have subpoena power in order to compel testimony from officers. The General Assembly is also debating that same issue. How do you think Charlottesville's board will function without subpoena power? It's almost impossible to do the work without some way to compel documents or people to provide testimony. And If you don't have subpoena power, what you rely on is an agreement with the same police department that you're tasked with overseeing to give you access to all of the data and documents that you need with, you know, just an understanding that you should trust (laughs) that they're giving you everything that is within the agreement. Since Charlottesville has gone through this process of creating a civilian review board that Richmond's really just starting on now, what lessons do you think that there are for us to learn from? I think ensuring that everybody who is making their voices heard about policing are actually in the room to make those decisions are is critical because if we're talking about something that's really looking at systemic problems of policing, the people who experience those systemic problems have to be in that room and have to have a real voice of power and of decision-making authority. And so I think that's where I see a lot of cities go off the rails is when the people making the decisions are the same people who are have been protecting those systems for forever. That's Sarah Burke, a capital defense investigator and a founding member of Charlottesville Civilian Review Board for Police Misconduct. Sarah, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. This was really interesting. All the stories you've heard can be found at vpm.org news. This has been the Daily VPM Newscast. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.